Tuesday. Hello and welcome to Beyond Boards. My name is Quentin. I'm 33 years old and I'm originally from France. In 2021, for the first time in history, skateboarding will be featured in the Olympic Games in Tokyo. It has come a long way since its modest beginnings in the 70s as an alternative to surfing and empty swimming pools in California. The purpose of this podcast is to talk with skaters and people involved in the industry about what's going on in the skateboarding world and around it, how it's evolved and will continue to evolve, with the Olympics and a global mainstream audience on one side and an everlasting underground core skater scene on the other. Each episode will be an interview with a new guest, someone who has contributed to skateboarding in a unique and interesting way. My first guest today is Nestor Judkins, an American pro skater originally from Los Gatos near San Jose in California, who has traveled around the world with the help of his sponsors for the last 15 years. Last year, Nestor decided to launch a non-profit organization called Salad Days of Skateboarding. Its purpose is to support developing and underserved skateboarding communities around the world through skateboarding equipment donation and mentorship. He has partnered with other local nonprofits in Cuba, India, Madagascar, to name a few, to spread the gift of skateboarding. So here's my conversation with Nestor. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks again for uh, taking the time. I really appreciate it. I'm a big yeah. fan, always been. And yeah, and I wanted to talk to you uh, about salad days. Um, but uh, maybe just to get started, uh, if you can, you know, tell me and the listeners uh, about uh, what you do. I mean, you're a pro skater uh, and uh, you live in Los Angeles, but you were, mm -hmm. I think you grew up in San Jose first, right? Yeah. So, yeah, um, I've been a pro skater for kind of a surprisingly long time now yeah <laughs> at least for me it surprises me um how, how long have you been pro do you know uh yeah 10 years pro yeah okay but like in the whole like this skate world for over 15 years i grew up in near san jose california mm -hmm. near the, the tilt mode and enjoy cruise right so i grew up skating with those guys and then um yeah moved around a bit started traveling pretty nonstop. Yeah, for the past 15 years. Okay. San Francisco, lived in New York for like eight years, and then just moved to LA two years ago now. So it's been two years since, uh, yeah. I was going to say since, since you've been back, but were you living in LA before you go, you went to New York or? No, I've actually never even spent time in LA. Yeah, just like the random skate events that we would come down here for like a weekend or something. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I never spent time, never really knew too much about it. Because, yeah, I always lived in the Bay Area. I was mm -hmm. more gravitating towards home or San Francisco. But, um, yeah, since uh, we moved to New York, there was a big shift in the Bay Area. It's kind of become, like, the most expensive place on Earth. So mm -hmm. we decided to move back. We're like, well, this is kind of the only feasible option for us. Right. So, yeah, we came here. And to be honest, I don't know. It's different. It's like anything. Living places is very different than visiting. So For sure. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. We're in, like, a little area on the east side of LA and it's got hills I'm looking out my window at some hills right now it's, it's pretty cool cool I lived in New York for a little bit uh, about 10 years ago um and uh and I lived in California when I was a, a baby like between six months old and three years old but I obviously don't remember anything from that time um yeah 
but yeah, I, I've never been to LA, so I, I really know nothing about the city, but. Yeah, I don't know anything about it too, to be honest. It's weird, man. It's like, it's like how New York is massive and it takes a lifetime to know anything about it. LA is similar on a different level where it's massive and spread and flat. So it's like from mm -hmm. first glance, it doesn't look like much in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it takes a long time. What, what initiated your, your desire to uh, leave New York? Was it because it was getting too expensive out there or, or were you just kind of bored with being out there or? No, I liked it. Um, I wasn't bored with New York. I definitely miss a lot about living in New York, but I think it was just like a point in our lives where it's like, it's too expensive to live there forever. Mm -hmm. And like yeah. me and my wife were like thinking about the future and it just, yeah, it didn't seem like we could handle it. And we sure. never, like we, we got to live in a nice version of New York. Like we lived in the East Village of New York oh, nice. in Manhattan. Yeah. And yeah, we just like looked at it and we're like, you know, like typically most people get priced out of their apartments. And yeah, if we're going to live here forever, we're going to end up living like New Jersey far away. And yeah, yeah. it's not what, it's not going to be this version of it. So I don't know. Sure. And her job had a, a transfer available. So she was able to keep her job in LA. Nice. So yeah, we just decided to go for it. It was also late November and I was dealing with my own uh, existential skate career of another winter in New York, you know? So. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, the winters are quite harsh in New York. So you probably can't skate much, right? Yeah, just for me, especially like I, I grew up in California, so it was hard to get used yeah. to, you know, and even people who grew up there will tell you, I mean, you don't get used to it. You just deal with it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was just one of those things. The time came, like, I guess, make a change, move closer to family and stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure LA is, is really nice. And obviously it's uh, well, the, the mecca of skateboarding, so to speak. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's definitely a good spot for you to be in right now. And yeah, uh, yeah good red curbs are <laughs> pretty good yeah so, yeah it's good i mean i've been skating a lot more here so yeah it's, it's it was worth it i guess it's also fun to try new places so yeah 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 yeah. yeah well, uh i want to talk to you about that definitely about traveling and everything we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute yeah. but can you just tell me i i don't want to cover too much of your like actual skate career because you you've already been in uh, like the nine club for example oh yeah um so you you've already and in in other interviews you've already talked about your your career your sponsors and everything but yeah can you just tell me maybe like how old were you when you started skating and what kind of uh made you pick up a skateboard what was the the like uh, how did it all happen basically what how did it, did it all start for you yeah so i got my first skateboard for christmas when i was nine years old mm -hmm. and uh I wanted it because my older brother who was two years older than me skated mm -hmm. and like i said where i grew up in california and the time i grew up this was like 1995 um every single teenager skated right everyone they wouldn't continue skating but everyone would get interested at skating at some point right it was like a thing yeah california kids did so mm -hmm. yeah it was just like what you do and yeah. i don't know for me it was different obviously i was like fell in deep like anyone who still skates into their 30s knows like it's very different type you know like most kids start for a little bit and kind of give up through high school college whatever but yeah yeah sucked me in for sure what, what, what were you were you doing any other sports or like activities of some sort uh before you started skating yeah since i was so young i was playing soccer okay yeah or for, yeah so i was playing soccer like the team soccer mm -hmm. and uh yeah i really liked it i like liked it a lot but i remember specifically when i got really into skating not wanting to go to soccer practice anymore yeah 
and having my coach saying I shouldn't skate so I don't yeah. get injured so I can play soccer and stuff like that giving you like bad habits or yeah or just you know you got to focus on this and whatever yeah. as, as you start skating you learn more about like individuality and all that stuff and exactly, yeah. Yeah, not yeah. really wanting to run laps and all that and stretch and yeah I remember where I grew up there weren't many skate parks yet at the time mm -hmm. and there was one skate park like 40 minutes from where we lived and we had a soccer tournament mm -hmm. in the same town it's called Pleasanton mm -hmm. and uh I remember like after the game we went and skated the skate park mm -hmm. and like in our soccer uniforms and stuff oh yeah so yeah it was yeah that was that was it for me And so, so you were, you were sponsored, I think at a young age, I, 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 yeah, into, like uh, shop sponsored, like the local skate shop had right weekend demos. Like they pull out ramps in their parking lot. Mm -hmm. Um, we got sponsored, like maybe like 11 or 12, 12. Right, right. Yeah. Pretty young. And I, I think I, I read an interview that you made with, um, it's, it's a pretty recent one with, uh, I think the cellar door or something like yeah. that. And you mentioned that you were skating a little bit for shorties. Uh, did I get, get that right? Or Yeah, just the bolts, not Shorty's board company. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I think they mistook that. Um, okay, I, I yeah. mentioned the, the bolts. Yeah, I, I don't remember what it said exactly in, in the interview, but I was like, oh, yeah. that's, that seems like an interesting fit. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was weird. There's like a, a Y2K issue of Transworld that came okay. out with like a little, a bunch of interviews with kids. Mm -hmm. And I randomly had a photo on that, even though I wasn't sponsored by anybody except for the local skate shop. Right. And the photo and I was wearing like a flip shirt, skating a Santa Cruz board. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, through that, I got hooked up with Santa Cruz and shorties right. and random stuff like that. Yeah. So that's okay. how that evolved. But yeah, I think uh, in that cellar door, he was making fun of me because I was like skating for shorties, wearing a flip t-shirt. Wearing a flip t-shirt, yeah. Yeah, I was a kid. I didn't know any different, you know? <laughs> it's like it whatever. Like, yeah. Or whatever I have. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And, and so, so enjoy happened later, uh, like when you were around 18 or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, enjoy happened, and like I grew up near those guys, and yeah, just the timing that it worked out. Right, it was around 18. I was riding for Santa Cruz, and things were good. And uh, I've never been one to like want to quit companies or do that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like to me, it's it's like that's a big deal when people jump around. Yeah. So, but things like just were changing for me, and I was skating with Enjoy guys all the time, and it just seemed more logical. Yeah. And obviously I was like a huge fan of them. So yeah, I didn't think I was like good enough to be part of that. So I was like, wow, it's mm -hmm. pretty shocking to me to be like involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was my favorite. When Enjoy started, it was my favorite company. Yeah. Did, did you get on Enjoy uh, right after Bag of Suck came out or? or right you... after Bag of Suck. Yeah. yeah. Because I was like, started getting boards from them when they had a few months left of filming right. for Bag of Suck. So the timing was, was tough. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, right after Bag of okay. Suck. Me and then Cairo got on. Right, right. Yeah. Was Jerry Hsu still on when you got on or was he already yeah. chocolate? No, he was still on for, for a few years. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, for a few years, it was like the bag of suck, enjoy, plus me and Cairo. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's still yeah. a super rad company today. I yeah. mean, it's changed a lot, obviously, uh, from, from a spectator uh, point of view, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like uh, all the new additions to the team, like all the international guys, like uh, yeah. uh, Deeds and uh, yeah. and Costa. I hope I'm saying their names right. Yeah, like, really rad skaters, and they have you know personality, and and they're not just like talented skaters. They have you know uh, something more to offer and to bring to skateboarding, which makes them what which makes 
enjoy interesting for me you know it's, mm. it's not just about doing big kickflips or whatever you know it's 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 uh it's uh, really about personality so yeah 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 i agree i think yeah I, i i definitely like those guys too and that's like the main thing we wanted to transfer on with enjoy as it evolves because everything evolves is is make yeah. sure you get unique skaters i like how i too i like how it became international like yeah. it started out as very local san jose friends mm -hmm. and then now it's like an yeah. international company yeah And so um, before we get into uh, salad days, can you tell me a little bit about traveling and skateboarding? Like how old were you when you started like actually traveling? Um, I, I mean, outside of the U.S. for, for your skating, did it happen uh, already when you were skating for Santa Cruz or did it start with Enjoy? And um, when did it start? I guess it, when it started happening, I went on a few random trips before Enjoy, but there was a point when like I went on a trip, a crux trip to Shanghai in 2006, maybe. Mm -hmm. And from then on, it just continued. And I, I was writing for Enjoy at that time, or I was on flow, flow for Enjoy. So it was from that, yeah, it was like March, spring of 2006, because I was like, kind of like in a transition period, I was taking classes at community college. And uh, yeah, I wasn't traveling for skating. And then that trip came up, I left college for that trip and then since then was constantly traveling yeah yeah, yeah. doing yeah all this stuff and how did the how did the adidas came come into the picture was that uh, around the same time i think you were one of the maybe not the very first pros to, to get on but like you were pretty early on right with the adidas yeah program? yeah uh, adidas was also pure luck it was just um both adidas and enjoy was this right place at the right time like mm -hmm. i was skating in this area and my friends did enjoy you know and then uh a friend of a friend was working at adidas and this was before they launched the skateboarding program and he was working with them developing the skateboarding program and he would just send me the sample shoes mm -hmm. that he had so i would skate like adidas samples for free for a few years before they even launched adidas skateboarding right and then when they launched it yeah me and benny were like the first ams me and benny fairfax were the first ams on adidas right. yeah yeah it was just like you know right timing i had a, I had a shoe in as they call it <laughs> you know, so. yeah yeah absolutely yeah and um so about traveling and everything uh, uh i i saw that you were on a few of uh, patrick walner's uh trips uh and videos um so you were traveling with patrick and, and all uh, all the, those crews like a crews of different people and Is that when you really um, started traveling to locations that were not as, uh, you know, uh, not as logical, so to speak, for skating? Yeah. Um, because, like, if you go to France, obviously, there's going to be a skate, skate scene and everything. But if you go to Madagascar or India or Pakistan, obviously, mm -hmm. skateboarding is something that they probably haven't even seen yet. Or yeah. very, very um, low-key, marginal. Adventure travel? Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... I've known Patrick for a long time and um, I was always in contact with him about uh, just trying to go on some of these trips. And he, he started going on all these exotic trips mm -hmm. to, as he called it, like travel across the world to skate a crappy ledge. <laughs> so it's like, it was a different agenda. Like normal skate trips were like, yeah, we're going to go to Barcelona because it's famous and here's all these spots. Yeah. But it was more like John Maring trips, which inspired Patrick's trips. We're like, we're going to go explore these cultures and find skateboarding where it doesn't exist or maybe it already exists that we don't know about yeah, yeah. so it started with them so yeah i was in touch with patrick for years um there's a lot of trips we were gonna i was gonna join on but like 
after trips gotten away, you know, like trips with my sponsors. So mm-hmm. I couldn't quite go like his trip to Iran and a few others that looking back, I'm like, damn it. But, <laughs> but yeah, so we were always in touch and there was a few trips that it worked out where I had time to join. And yeah, uh, I think the first trip we did was, a, was with John Maring and Patrick. It was for skateboarder. Right. And it was to India. It was in 2013. Was that the Gurus and the Ganges one? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. With Sean yeah. Malto and Sibo Walker. And... Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Yeah. So that was the first trip on that type of like we're talking about like National Geographic version of skateboarding trips. Right. Um, right. Was yeah with John Maring and Patrick and yeah kept in touch with Patrick and the next one I think I was able to go on with him was to Madagascar. Right. Yeah. And then we went to Kazakhstan as well a few years after that. Yeah. And we're still in touch. We're talking. We're like, we got plans. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I, you know, in the future. Yeah. You want to yeah. do some more traveling with him uh, when, when uh, COVID is uh, uh, dealt yeah. with? Speak, yeah. Right? That's hopefully, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. I, I, I've always enjoyed um, his, uh, his videos. They're really uh, entertaining. Like, there's good skating, but like all the, you know, um, the scenery and, and seeing the people discover skateboarding or learning more about it. Yeah, it makes it so much more uh, interesting for me, you know. Yeah. Like, so some skate videos uh, that are just trick, 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 and you know, like an unfamous spots, whatever in Los Angeles or Bar- Barcelona, they can be entertaining. But like after a while, it gets a little old, and um, I feel like uh, there's much more. Uh, it's, it's much more interesting what you guys were doing with uh, visual traveling and you know taking skateboarding to uh, just different places. So yeah, I agree. I think. I mean, for me personally, like I was saying, I would go on all these skate trips and as fun as they are, as much as I love them, I feel like, I don't know, it's different. People look at it differently. I was always very conscious and aware of first, like the freedom that like the pro skating life gives us Mm -hmm. to travel and the opportunity to travel. So like every trip we went on, even most of the time, I feel like I'd wander around the city by myself while a lot of people were like chilling in the hotel or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I could never do that. Like, I, I, I don't know. I was always so interested in where we were going. And mm-hmm. it just evolved from that. So like meeting like-minded people like Patrick and John and stuff and taking it to the next level and like realizing we have this unique opportunity to travel and use skateboarding as like the passport to travel. Right. Yeah. And it just clicked. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's very, yeah, it takes over, man. It's, 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 it's the adventure of it. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it looked like it certainly. Yeah. And I assume uh, all these travels, uh, not just the visual traveling uh, ones, but uh, uh, all this traveling probably um, sparked the idea for Salad Days for your nonprofit. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It led to it. Um, I think uh, the idea for Salad Days came specifically from that Madagascar trip. Um, That was in 2014. Mm -hmm. And we were in contact with, with skaters from Madagascar before we went there. So we knew there were skateboarders, like there's skaters everywhere. So we were talking to these skaters and they're like, yeah, pretty much told us how like they don't have any access to get any skateboards. Mm -hmm. That was the first time like we went on this trip where I brought pretty much just everything I had in stock, you know, like I brought an extra duffel bag of all my boards, random trucks, pieces of wheels, shoes, whatever I had. Yeah. Like seeing their face at the end of the trip, like like they're almost crying. And it was really like affected me. Yeah. Yeah. It affected me. And uh, so that gave me the original idea of trying to do something to like help these skaters make that connection, you know, to mm-hmm. gain access to what we have. Because knowing the world I've been living in for so long of like everyone has a skateboard growing yeah. up in California. 
to then becoming like a sponsored skater where it's like we get 10 boards a month for skating it's just so much different like levels of access and like I don't know I wanted to kind of form some kind of nonprofit that would bridge that gap mm-hmm. and then I felt like being a pro skater I had this unique opportunity to like to do it on another level because I could use my skateboarding my travel from being a pro skater to reach yeah. these people yeah. and yeah since that trip I've been doing that on my own Mm-hmm. for all these years for like yeah the past six years every time I could go somewhere like that I would bring a bunch of boards and it just kept going from there and then uh yeah I wanted to form salad days a few years ago but then I was living in New York so I was like I'll just wait till I move back to California to do all the paperwork right finally moved back here and then finally did all the paperwork which is a total nightmare yeah and, I yeah <laughs> I made it yeah it worked unfortunately the timing of it coincided with the global stop yeah yeah but you know, say la vie, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll be out there again. Um, I have a lot of boards and a lot of, I've been making a lot of contact with, with different skate scenes across that we're trying to help, you know, so we have, there's, there's a lot of work to be done in that. For sure. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, so since you started doing this, you uh, tend to bring equipment with you that you re- re- redistribute to uh, skaters when you're on site. But do you also like send send out equipment to them uh, or how, how does it work basically? Yeah, that how I operate has been shifted because of the COVID, obviously. Mm-hmm. The idea was to um, to do more in-person travel, right. to like visit the scene. And with Salad Days, I wanted to start bringing other people and kind of be like a, a manager of sorts. Like I would plan these trips, like I was going on all these trips and doing you know, these outreach trips on my own and other mm-hmm. skaters were reaching out like, oh, that's so cool. I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. So the plan was like, oh yeah, I'm going to invite some other pros or skaters or whoever who I think would be good, like a good influence to have on these trips. Sure. So that that was like the main objective for Salad Days was to kind of like help manage these trips and invite other people along and they're thereby gaining more access to more equipment. Yeah. Because to be honest, it's a lot cheaper to travel with extra packed luggage of skateboards than it is to ship things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shipping international is a bit sketchy with, first of all, it's really expensive and you have to deal with customs in a different yeah. way where mm-hmm. like if you travel, you're still dealing with customs, but it's easier to sneak it through with your, in your, in your luggage. Yeah. yeah. Ship mm-hmm. things. Yeah. That's the goal. And that's what we mainly want to get back to doing, you know, mm-hmm. when travel is possible again, sure. but uh, with COVID going on, as long as it's been going, I felt the need that like, I got to do some kind of action, you know, mm-hmm. and um, decided to send a shipment and just take the risk and see how it goes through customs. Right. So, so yeah, I've been working. The first project we worked on is, is in Pakistan. And that mm-hmm. actually came to me from my friend, Kenny from Kenny Reed. Kenny Reed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. He's been helping me out a lot. Um, like I said, Patrick, Kenny, John Maring, it's all these like-minded skaters right. have like gravitated into this, this type of you know act, this this type of activity and mm-hmm, but kenny mm-hmm. brought me brought this idea up to me because he's been in contact with these skaters in pakistan and they had the unique the exact situation that we're looking to help is like skaters where they have no access to anything like right. there's no way to buy boards there and yeah. if you could buy a board online it'd be way too expensive so yeah we decided you know rather than waiting indefinitely to doing one of these trips like we would just get in contact over skype with the local skaters and try to like build this relationship with them and uh send out a shipment yeah like we could only send two board boxes which is 12 completes so it's not as much as if we could travel there we could bring a lot more boards yeah but you know and then also i thought i thought too like maybe the optics of it is 
I don't know if people are like, oh, he's just trying to start this thing so he can keep traveling. But yeah, <laughs> obviously I love to travel and I like having that personal experience of like building up these scenes, you know, and interacting with the people. But yeah, I want this to like just help people. I want them to get the boards. Like I don't need to yeah. do it for a reason. So. so yeah, it doesn't seem like you're doing this for selfish reasons. I mean, it's quite the opposite. Oh, I know that's stupid <laughs> when you say, yeah, uh, <laughs> hearing someone else repeat that sounds stupid. But yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's uh, it's it's really cool. I, I like the idea of bringing sk again skateboarding to uh, places that are haven't really been confronted to it yet, or mm -hmm. or who don't have access. You, I think you were mentioning Cuba um, on one interview or something uh, about how it's difficult for them to acquire American skateboards or whatever, you know. So uh, for the skate scene to grow and develop, it's obviously a challenge. So people if people like you are you know bothering to go there and try to uh, help them and bring equipment and uh, just you know teach them how to skate or whatever just hang out with them and it, it will definitely uh, help the, the scene grow so yeah yeah I, I mean that's the point is a lot of these places like cuba and mm -hmm. pakistan as i described like in madagascar they they have skaters and without people coming bringing skateboards they yeah. can go for long periods of time with no skateboards that's the only way like Cuba right now I've been talking with my friends and they've been particularly hurt by the pandemic and the travel closures they've ran out of boards for months now oh yeah like, oh, that's completely out yeah mm. so that's it's just one of the effects of it like when you can only get boards that way you know yeah, yeah exactly well hopefully it will change soon um but yeah it, it actually thinking about that a few days ago as I was Uh, just thinking, just, you know, documenting myself about um, salad days and everything. I was just thinking to myself that when I was younger in skate videos, like a lot of skaters would focus boards uh, in various ways and sometimes just funny ways, whatever. But like when I think about it now, it seems so stupid. It's like such a waste of yeah. good, good quality yeah. skateboards of wood. And, you know, it's like so, so stupid when you think about it. But obviously, yeah. 20 years ago, people weren't really didn't see it that way you know um but yeah no i agree i personally do not like when people focus boards guiltily i've done it like three or four times in my whole life yeah and i i really don't like it um mm -hmm. and that's that's also another evolution i forgot to mention of the idea like for salad days was was coming from going on so many skate trips with with pro skaters and seeing how expendable skateboards are to us you know And yeah, I'd see like everyone focusing boards, but more so people like setting up new boards every day and just yeah, leave yeah. the old board in the hotel room or whatever, you know, That's or right. like leave it in the trash can. And I, for a period of time, like when I was going on more skate trips, I would at the end of the trip gather everyone's used boards, which is like has two scratches on it and bring them home with me to like bring on the next trip. Yeah, that's also the idea is it's very sustainable. Like what goes into making these wooden boards is like, okay, yeah, you get the wood from Canada, it gets shipped all the way to somewhere else. It gets made, yeah. it gets shipped to where that skater lives and they set it up and use it once. Yeah, you know? exactly. or, or like, like for a day or two. And yeah. yeah, so it's like trying to make something more sustainable. And from that, that like unique position of like getting boards from pro skaters, like it helps them out. They just have them sitting around their house, right. and grab them, give them to people who can use them or even just to like get the knowledge spread the knowledge of like making people more aware what goes into making their boards sure yeah no it's uh, um on the same subject I, i remember seeing i don't remember who it was but uh, in a nine club interview someone saying like oh i like having a freshly new board you know uh set up and i'll keep it for like a, a few days and afterwards i'm done with it because it's just too 
I don't know, like it doesn't pop as well or something. And I was just thinking to myself, like, um, just say that to a kid in Madagascar who has, you know, to keep a board for like two years or something. Yeah. He has to, you know, pray that he doesn't break the board in the process while he's skating. Yeah. Um, and this guy in the U.S. who cannot, who can have access to it will, you know, just, just because he can, he will change his board however often he needs to, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's just the situation. Like I said, pro skaters get boards like, 10 new boards a month yeah, like, yeah who knows how many like that's how much we get from enjoy like mm -hmm. i don't know how much other pros get and yeah i mean i'm sure a lot of you guys like uh when, when you're when when your board doesn't feel right anymore you'll just give it to a kid at a skate park or something yeah. and you're gonna throw it away obviously yeah 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 and that's what was happening at the end of trips like people would kind of give the boards to a local and be like i'll oh, bring it to a shop but on occasions when a board got left in a hotel room or somewhere else i would grab it right you know because yeah it, unfortunately that would happen too but for the most for the most yeah people would, would try to like make sure something happened with the boards but yeah no, i just i guess it's like in the analogy of like in the u.s i think about food production and right yeah, yeah. you know i think about how like how much like waste, 40 percent uh... of food gets thrown away mm -hmm. and yet like 10 percent of the people go to bed hungry you know it's like yeah yeah so like that's a huge issue and this is in like every industry and then okay you can translate that into skateboarding in the exact way of what we've been talking about yeah. the no, boards exist you yeah. know and there's so many skaters who need boards who can't get them so mm -hmm. just trying to connect those dots yeah all in my carry-on suitcase you know i don't know yeah. but yeah I, and that's why i started salad days was just to like to one to like be able to do more of this work mm -hmm. and then like just to spread the word and like kind of get people to acknowledge that so they don't have to like do it through my organization but like if some other pros are like oh you know i'm gonna bring extra boards on the next trip sure I'm like yeah, cool yeah. please mm -hmm. just do it you know and, and so so you you've um done trips for salad days to uh i'm trying to remember but there was a madagascar india uh i think pakistan uh, um we haven't done anything with salad days yet since i formed it oh yeah well not officially yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah for me like in this idea yeah it was yeah madagascar was the first one that kind of like started the idea mm -hmm. uh in the years since then like over the years like 2017 to now is when i got serious about it mm -hmm. and like had more free time because there wasn't as many like skate uh sponsored trips so i was able to plan more of these trips mm -hmm. and, uh, make more contacts with people like made friends with miles who runs cuba skate miles jackson okay yeah and, uh, you know like befriend these people who are running these other organizations so i went to cuba four times with him in the past two years cool. to just for, only for this you know just to bring stuff mm -hmm. bring my boards whoever people would give me boards to bring i went to india for the same reason right end up with a crew holy stuff you made a video of uh, for salad yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so um my friend Zach, who films, who helps me with these projects, who films the projects. Um, yeah, we weren't even planning to do anything to make a video. We just kind of realized we just went there, like I said, to go bring boards to this crew, Holy Stoked, and check out these parks that they had built. Mm -hmm. And then after the fact, like when we were stuck at home with the pandemic, we're like looking at photos and videos. And like, oh, we have so much stuff. We should like tell the story from the trip. Mm -hmm. So we just edited like random footage together and uh, made that video. Mm -hmm. And we're doing one on Cuba that's coming out pretty soon as well. Just really cool. Hold some footage that we had from the last four trips. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean that's the idea too. Is is going forward when we do trips now, like with salad days, to kind of be more conscious mm -hmm. and yeah. tell these stories too, and like make yeah. little documentaries about it. 
Yeah, I think it's important like for uh, and to get other people involved and interested and who will want to contribute maybe, you know, by either giving donations or uh, giving old skateboards or something. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's the best medium to tell the story. Sure, and even like, just for you, like just to have a sort of memory of what- Oh what, yeah. Those travels, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I said, those the footage from India and this Cuba one were just sitting on hard drives and yeah. for us to have made this and like, and for me to like, and like what we're doing right now, like to have the opportunity to like tell the story, like what I think is important from these trips. Yeah. For me, it's fun. It's kind of like, like I said, in this weird long skate career, this is kind of my favorite part of it, even though yeah. it has like nothing to do with being a sponsored skater, but yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. You're, you're using all of your experience, your traveling and, and what you've learned skating um, and you're using all of this to, for this platform, so. Yeah. yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, yeah, no, it's, it's really rad. I wanted to ask you, do you have any other countries like on your kind of bucket list of uh, places you'd like to travel to for salad days? Yeah, yeah. So in the next few years I've been in contact with with a few other skate organizations to kind of just you know collaborate with them on this like sure. uh skate nepal is one right yeah yeah i've been talking with them so we want to try to to visit their yeah the skate scene in Kathmandu and help you know so hopefully we'll do that soon that's on the next one i reached out yeah i've been talking with the guys from make life skate life and pretty much told them like i'd like to go with their blessing to any park that they've built Mm -hmm. you know, and see if like whatever scene needs more support mm -hmm. so we've been kind of talking about that and like they've told me a few places that that need more support than others so so yeah there's a lot on the list kenny and i are working on a it was supposed to be this summer but we're working on a skate camp in bhutan randomly <laughs> so nice that got pushed back unfortunately to probably yeah. next year but yeah it's it's a similar thing there's a skate park there okay and, uh, one skate park <laughs> one skate park yeah. and yeah yeah it's it's pretty wild it's like it's opening a door to and now more than ever there's like so many of these skate social conscious things going on all over the world like every single skate scene almost has an instagram or something you know so it's like the doors are open like we've that's my problem is i gotta realize that i i can only do so much mm -hmm. and try to keep it focused because i want to like i get excited every time i learn about a new skate scene yeah yeah you can keep doing that for many many years like i mean even after you're retired so to speak from yeah. pro skateboarding you know it doesn't you don't have to be like a um a current pro skater to travel and to teach skateboarding and to hang out with skaters like you can do that at, at however old you are you know yeah that that's my hope yeah i think that's that's the only way i've found like you said to use the experience and what i've liked from skating from pro skating or whatever to translate further and like that's what i mean yeah kenny reed's done that um oh that's another place i forgot to mention earlier um is i've been volunteering at his at a skate park that he he's the director of in palestine it's like a skate camp right yeah yeah for the past few years we've been doing that work too so yeah, yeah. it's just the inspirations like you take yeah this is like what i said like what i've kind of been the most valuable thing from this whole skate experience and it does have the potential to do further than like mm -hmm jumping down I don't know, jump down stairs but then jumping down a rail you know what I mean like yeah yeah this is something like I don't need to be pro it doesn't matter whether I'm pro or not like these kids it's it's more of a 
Yeah, just just share the joy of skateboarding and and exactly, yeah. leave the stunt skateboarding to the younger guys who are gonna like do 360 flips over 25 stairs or something. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's the goal. Yeah, yeah that's rad. I wanted to ask you also about um, the Ben Raymers Foundation. So, so for the people who are listening who don't, who are not aware of who he is, he he was a pro skater on Enjoy, and who took his life, I think, two years ago or three years mm -hmm. ago. Unfortunately, uh, he was very young, like 27 or 28 or something. Uh, you were teammates with him. You were traveling with him. So you were obviously devastated when when you heard about his passing. And uh, do you collaborate in, in uh, some way today with the, the foundation that was created after his death? Uh, so and, and so just to to uh, bring some precision, is uh, the, the, the foundation is uh, uh, built to bring awareness around issues of mental health, obviously. So so yeah, just how, how are you involved with them today? Uh, yeah, um, so Ben was my best friend on Enjoy, <laughs> as he was, as I'm sure anyone will tell you from any team he was on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he was, yeah, we were really close and we'd always room together. And yeah, it's very in, yeah, impossible to understand that this happened, but it did get a lot of people talking because nothing, this hasn't been experienced in the skate world before to this degree, you know, right. at least like the degree of like his image of being like the happy-go-lucky kid and like everyone's yeah. best friend on every team kind of devastated a lot of us and yeah. definitely like brought up these questions like the whole world is kind of dealing with now is like oh you know maybe people are hurting and they don't know how to talk about it and yeah you know, like skate trips were like we go skate and we drink beer and then blah 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 and like yeah ben would like hold all these things you know it was like this like weird little escape trip like these skate trips were like escapism so mm. from the demons that like people deal with whether they're pro or famous actors or whatever like yeah, yeah. so so yeah ben's sister lucy and uh another friend of his like a friend of mine rob matheson and if, i don't know who else somebody else formed the foundation in his memory but right. mostly just to like have these conversations about mental health and um i think the most important thing they're doing is they're holding seminars to kind of offer training for team managers and also skate shop employees to okay. witness like trick you know to like recognize and how to deal with these issues if people around them are or seem to be hurting yeah 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 or just like how to like you know reach out more instead of just being right. like the very surface of like oh we skate or whatever and i think the skate yeah. the skate shop employee is like the most important of the two because yeah. yeah how much of my teenage years were spent in a skate shop hanging out you know for sure yeah. so i think yeah they're doing really good work and I mostly just thought of like, I don't know, I just made some some prints of a couple pictures of Ben and sold them, offered to sell them and give the proceeds to the Ben Ramers Foundation. It's like, it ended up, I mean, yeah, it's it's something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But also just like, yeah, I don't know. I wish just in any way to, to offer support and like to bring that conversation up Yeah, yeah. is important, so... Yeah, it's it's uh it made me really I, I obviously didn't know him but personally but like I was a big admirer of his skating and and I was very shocked like everybody like he seemed like such a joyful person yeah. and so so much energy on his skateboard and it was just like so devastating to hear and uh, so yeah no it seems like they're doing a, a rad job at the Ben Ramers Foundation and yeah they are they're doing really good it's it's yeah I mean it's horrible but it's like I said at least like people are having this conversation you know absolutely Being honest about it yeah mm -hmm. so uh, so we we talked about it a little bit but like so what are your next plans with uh, salad days and with your sponsors do you have like 
trips uh, kind of pending or what, what do you have planned for the near future? Yeah. Um, sponsors, I kind of assume there's no trips at all. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Like I said, it's kind of like before the pandemic, at least for me, like sponsored trips, it slowed down pretty much. Oh, before the pandemic, they did already? Yeah, for the most part. I don't know. This has been like a general trend where mm -hmm. we haven't been doing as many trips since kind of we filmed that Adidas Away Days video. Right, yeah. Yeah, like that was like a huge amount of skate trips to film that video. But since then, it's kind of changed a lot, which is normal yeah. with like the change of media and everything. We do like two enjoy trips a year. Mm -hmm. So like, you mean like the whole team together? Or? Yeah, the whole team. Yeah. Enjoy like tries to keep it very much the whole team. Yeah. And I know he's got a few new AMs he's looking to get on the team. So he really wants to do a trip just to like bring and introduce everyone together yeah. to see if it works. So yeah, funny enough, the last enjoy trip we did was I got home like a week before the pandemic. So yeah, I'm sure there'll be another enjoy trip soon. But uh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and then I was going to go to Hong Kong. Okay. Uh, March 2020, but that got postponed, obviously. Yeah. To, uh, work on this this video, a new video with Patrick. He's doing, he lives in Hong Kong. So he's filming, he has this whole concept for a video he wants to film in Hong Kong. Awesome. Um, so that's still, you know, whenever. Hmm. Like we've been talking about it it's going to happen whenever it's possible yeah. so hopefully this fall we're, we're hoping to go to hong kong with patrick for his video and then uh yeah the salad days i want to do trips as soon that's another difficult one because there's i don't i want i have to be responsible and i don't want to i don't know as as things are going to open up quicker in my home country and you know more developed countries it's going to take longer for developing countries to be safe so I, I have to be really conscious about yeah about when i can go somewhere yeah. through salad day so there's yeah. things i mean whatever there's ways to make it work but i'm definitely gonna have to be very conscious of how to do that you know in the new world <laughs> that we live in but you won't be able to travel just like 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 you used to basically you'll have to be yeah. cautious and... yeah yeah so so like probably less events but i mean i could still do the work i'd i'd, I'd hopes before the pandemic of doing like you know, skate events and like kind of like skate jams, like skate demos right. in these places. Right, so maybe right. I'll hold off on that until it's better. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we can still, we'll, we'll just do it the right way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, hopefully, like I said, Nepal this year, yeah. I know Make Life Skate Life is going back out there to, to fix one of the skate parks mm -hmm. or to expand one of the skate parks. They're going there this year. So maybe it'll all tie together. Yeah. But yeah, enjoy trips and these other trips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you have a lot on your plate, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too many ideas, like I said, yeah. many too many daydreams. But... Yeah, but it's it, it's actually changed a lot, and I think you you talked about this in this interview I was reading um, about social media changing completely uh, uh, the landscape of skateboarding, basically uh, not not just skateboarding, but uh, for skateboarding, it has definitely been a major shift, and um, and probably especially now after COVID, people won't travel as much as they used to, and will probably try to skate a bit more locally, and mm -hmm. or or for American skaters, stick to the U.S. or Canada, and not necessarily go all the way to New Zealand or or Asia or somewhere, you know. But yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see how how it, it evolves from from there once COVID gets a little bit, uh, you know, taken care of. So yeah. Yeah, I fear that um, a lot of these company-based travel, like I was talking about earlier, like sponsored trips, aren't going to resume like mm -hmm. they used to because it's like everything. It's like they're realizing, oh, people are able to provide whatever the social media content from their home. Why are we wasting all this money sending them on trips? Sure, yeah. That's my fear. But it could go the other way of like, 
everyone's so sick and tired of seeing their home that they might want to support these more, you know, more interesting trips. So yeah. it's well, really like really room for both because yeah. like I see skaters like you who go to places like India and Madagascar and who are trying to, you know, uh, promote skateboarding in these places. And there's skaters like uh, Lucas Puig, who's also skating, who also skates for Adidas, who who seems to be skating mostly in France in Biarritz, where he's living. Mm-hmm. And he makes rad content on his Instagram and he made, yeah. made a little video about his new shoe or whatever, you know, so um, he's really, you know, just staying where he is and he's still performing and still skating at a high level. Yeah, and I'm, sure, I'm sure his sponsors are perfectly happy with that. You know, so Lucas is a very good example. I'm glad you used that because he's, yeah, I don't know. I guess I look, I tend to look too much at like the negative aspects of social media and kind of the quantity over quality of it. Yeah. Because you see so much garbage and like pro skateboarders are guilty in this of like, like, I don't know. I personally don't care to see like all the skate park footage. Yeah. (laughs) Then there's somebody or whatever. I'm not hating on that. But, and then you see someone like Lucas, like him putting up footage of himself skate, like, I want to see more Lucas footage, yeah. you know, that's because I'm a fan. I guess that's just the basic determination of like Lucas should be a pro skater and I want to see as much of him skating as I can see. Whereas yeah. all these other people, I'm like, eh. It's, it's true. I mean, it, it's quantity. definitely because it's Lucas. Like if it, if it was anybody else, uh, maybe I, I wouldn't be as stoked. Uh, yeah. And he's still skating at, a, at such a high level and he, and he skates like a super technical, but he seems to be having a lot of fun. And that's, that's oh, what I like about his videos. It, it, he seems genuinely stoked when he's skating, you know? Yeah. yeah like I think that's himself. the thing. I think it like, it really translates, at least to me, mm. of like, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, there's too much quantity or it's too easy to be like, oh, everything's terrible now. But there is some good of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you just got to shit. Unfortunately, we used to have magazine editors and video editors who decide who, who let us see good stuff and now we have to like search for the good stuff ourselves but yeah, yeah. yeah hopefully hopefully quality wins in the end i don't know <laughs> there's, still, there's still some amazing skateboarding going yeah. going down uh there's yeah. a lot of everything but yeah and, and that's maybe the last question i have for you and it's actually what kind of made me want to start this whole podcast is uh because the, there's the olympics coming very soon and uh, so I started skating in 2000 um, when I was 13. And when I started, uh, skateboarding was, was already pretty big, but like still somewhat underground, at least in France it was. And, um, and I've seen it change through these last 20 years. And now it's so bizarre to see that it's going to be an Olympic sport and that people like Nigel Houston are making millions of dollars with Nike. And, and it's fine. I'm not, not you know, uh, saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's so, it's such, so bizarre. Like the 13 year old me would not believe it to be true. You know, it's so, so, so strange how it's progressed. And, but there's that kind of, that side of skating, but there's also like still a very niche underground core, so to speak, skating going on. Uh, and there's a lot of everything uh, basically. So that's, that's, what's really rad. And that's what makes me still interested in skating today. It's, it's, that it has many, many faces, you know, it's not just Nigel Houston. It's not just Lucas Quigg or you or it's, it's everything. So I think that's what makes it really unique and still fun and, and interesting. Um, but yeah, but basically my question is, how do you see skateboarding uh, evolve from, from here? Like uh, we, we've talked about it a lot, uh, but like, how do you see the future of skateboarding, especially after the Olympics uh, will take place? Yeah, um, I think you, you pointed out a lot of, I mean, that's what it's going to be. You, you were pretty right on, or I agree with you on that is, is 
you know, there's just going to be like different versions of skateboarding or it's like this has already hap- been happening for the past, you know, as skateboarding has become more of like a mainstream commodity in some ways. Like mm-hmm. it's already been happening where you've had like, yeah, you've had Nigel's on the team, but then you've also had like, like Nigel's on the same team as Uyghur, you know? Yeah, yeah. So That's it's true. like yeah. Nike has, you know, and I'm sure Adidas, like every company has the same thing. Like it, it's not like a cohesive skate team like they used to be when it was all just like skateboarders, like making skate videos, like like the girl videos and stuff. Right. So it's it's already kind of been going that way of like Street League. Since Street League came out, been going yeah. that way of like rich skateboarders and then everyone else like i don't know it, it's it's strange but uh it's just a different version of skating skating so mainstream that like that's gonna exist and like you said and i agree is people's desire just to see like the skating that resonates with them and mm-hmm. i don't know i'm i'm it feels weird talking about myself but like i said like i don't know why I'm still here, but I guess I'm here for a reason or yeah. not for a reason, but like, there's a reason why I I'm still like sponsored, which technically like I shouldn't be. If you look at like, you know, like all these, like if you just want to run the numbers of like what constitutes like a professional athlete, you know, in the Olympics, like, yeah. yeah. What I mean is like, there's different versions. There's things, what I don't understand about the Olympics and all these things is like, you can't really quantify skateboarding and the quality of skateboarding you know well that's the thing yeah towards myself in a weird way is like you know like yeah okay he doesn't check these boxes but like for some reason like i'll film a video part that's what i'm working on and we'll see you know people like it or not but yeah it's just i think they'll just be you know they'll be like the rad skateboarding that i personally like and i know a lot of people like Mm -hmm. and there's so much of it right now and like all these rad videos of people just going out skating and making cool edits you know all the like hyper local edits too which have been happening like all the like like the johnny wilson videos in new york were really cool because it was just like a rad crew of skaters making rad skating yeah and i think they got sponsored from that too you know because they like nike put them all on that's gonna exist in tandem with this like corporate like athlete like yeah. monster energy whatever you know skateboarding yeah and that's fine i mean it's, it's just what it is i've i heard someone put it in a really positive way is they're like you know what if the olympics brings more eyes to skateboarding and causes more people around the world to accept skating that's good for everybody so a few of the things we're doing with salad days we're only able to do because like the local you know local culture accepts us to bring skateboarding because they see it's an olympic sport you know yeah yeah yeah. So, so There are some positive things, but yeah, it's just different, very different versions of skateboarding. The main thing is I don't really get how you can, I don't, I mean, I don't know how skateboarding, I've been paying attention, but I don't know how it's going to fit and be judged in the Olympics. Like, I don't know how you judge it. I Uh, I guess like street league. uh, I mean, I I don't pay too much attention to that kind of skating. Uh, Not not that it's bad or anything. It's obviously very impressive and, and entertaining, Uh, but like, yeah, that's not the kind of skating I, grew up watching and, and liking but yeah i guess uh it will be kind of the same um grading system as uh street league uh, where if you do a very technical trick or if you skate a lot of different obstacles or whatever uh, okay. uh, i guess i don't know i'm just uh, yeah yeah it seems like the street league formula yeah yeah but yeah yeah it's just yeah. funny yeah i don't know I, I don't know how much skateboarding translates to you know like the olympic audience mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not a skateboarder, I don't really see how skateboarding could be that entertaining or it wouldn't make any sense unless the only like version of skating I could see being good in the Olympics would be the mega mega ramp, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like something like that where like anyone can watch it and like, whoa, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. But for the Olympics, like for a person who's never doesn't know anything about skateboarding to be like, oh, but that was a switch stance, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, 
it's not gonna make any sense what the hell is that <laughs> yeah so i don't know but, but yeah and, and also if it's just mega ramp it's gonna there's gonna be like five people in the world who can skate the company yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll see man there, there's yeah. just one question sorry i'll, I'll let you go because we've been no talking for a long time but I was just wondering, uh, among all the travel uh, you've, you've done, uh, has there ever been uh, a place or a country where uh, people weren't very receptive to skateboarding, who, who kind of considered it as a Westerner thing or something that they didn't want to hear about? Or Yeah, to be honest, there hasn't been. Okay. I haven't had that experience. Yeah, it's weird. You would oh. think, I think um, there's like been like little cult cultural faux pas, but like nothing that big of a deal, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I think we went on one trip one place and we took like a taxi to the spot and they're like, oh, like these guys, you know, stuff like that. Like we're taking, you know, yeah, but yeah, it's for the most part, it's all it's like skateboarding is pretty. And that's like the whole beauty of it. And it's like pretty unique of how you it, it's like transcending cultures. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it, it's I've never had so far. I've never really been in a bad had any weird situation arise yeah. as long as skateboarding was the common element you know for sure yeah that's also because we're always with trusted locals who skateboard so mm -hmm. they've helped facilitate you know anything yeah and like help help you're, you're respectful as well like when i see uh, uh footage of like visual traveling uh, trips uh you don't see them like getting in fights with uh, the locals or the police or something i guess when when you're yeah when you're with the police you'll just say oh sorry we're just skating whatever trying to talk with them and respect them and yeah if they're going to kick you out you just take your skates skateboards and leave and but yeah not not behave like dickheads or whatever you know yeah i mean that's the basic way you got to come from is you have to like understand that you're in a foreign country and i don't know i mean that's like anywhere like mm -hmm. for us to go to spain and be dickheads is to be a dickhead here too it's like yeah it's like focusing a board i don't see the point of it yeah, i think yeah, yeah. the whole like punk rock skateboarding thing is Yeah. It's kind of, if you're doing it nowadays, it's kind of like an act, in my opinion. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, stuck in the past, basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, maybe I'm like becoming an adult, but I'm just like, all right. Like, <laughs> police is telling me to leave. Why am I going to argue with the police? Like, they're just doing their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And we know how it works. We just come back another day. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's the basic thing. And on those places, we always, when we travel, we always make a point of trying as best as we can not to do any like like i said any cultural faux pas and like try to like you know have the local connection with the local skater and right. like have them like introduce us to things or keep an eye out or be like they could tell us if we're doing something that's not acceptable yeah you just got to respect and learn about where you're going mm -hmm. so far oh, so good yeah yeah no thank you so much uh i i think uh, we can uh Uh, stop there uh, because otherwise I will just keep asking you questions and you have a life you need to get back to so <laughs> <laughs> no this was fun man no I, I like the opportunity to talk about this stuff so yeah no it's really rad yeah congrats on on everything you're doing it's really cool and I hope uh, hope that uh, COVID uh, not just for that but like for everything else I hope COVID uh, gets dealt with soon and that you can resume traveling and go back to all the places you want to and and uh, keep spreading that love for skateboarding so yeah yeah soon enough yeah, well, thank good. you so much i really appreciate it again it was really nice yeah, talking to you yeah thank you so that's it for my conversation with nestor you can follow him on his instagram account at nestor judkins and support his amazing work with salad days on his website saladdaysofskateboarding.com Thank you for listening and see you soon for a new episode of Beyond Boards.